0: Hey Highland, Uh, this is Matt Pinson, I'm here with David Sessions today, and we get to talk to someone we know and love, and you know and love, Corey Patterson. (laughs) They may know. Yeah, you may know. It's a big place. You're about to get to know him. (laughs) To know him is to love him. Yes. Sure.
1: (laughs) I'll take that. So yeah, we're just continuing in our series of uh, discussing um, deconstruction and. I really like like there is a real academic side of it and that's valuable and valid. Um, Matt and I aren't smart enough to really guide anyone there. So, uh, <laughs> I, I really like how, um, how we've kind of gone through this, through the story route. And so, uh, you know, Matt and I've have got, have been blessed. Well, I don't know when, how we're going to release these what order, but we've been blessed to talk with, uh, Christy Brokaw and, um, Jordan Harrell, Jordan Harrell. Oh, cool. And, um, and it's just been really neat to kind of, for me, I think, to get to know people's stories on a really deep level. So, Corey, what's what's your story? Uh, tell us who you are if people sure. at Highland don't know who you are. And, and if you don't mind, kind of direct us towards where deconstruction
2: became either something you entered into willingly or unwillingly. Sure, sure. So, uh, the north side of Highland probably knows me better right. than the south side of Highland. Uh, the older people know me more than the younger people. Um so I've been, we've been my wife and I and our kids have been part of Highland since since '99. Uh, we left for a couple of years and came back, and but we've we've been part of Highland um, for like the last 20 something years. Um, we are Huddle leaders. Yeah. You know, we have the the juniors right now, about to be seniors, which uh, Matt's son is one of those, and it really freaks me out that he's. Getting that—that that they're all getting that old. Tell me about uh, it. Because that means that I'm getting that old. <laughs> um, but uh, I grew up at Highland. Actually, uh, I uh, spent formative years listening to Lynn Anderson. Mm-hmm. Lynn Anderson actually baptized me. Awesome. Uh, to which Mike Cope has told me that that's, that's good for, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so like I can kind of do anything and because Lynn Anderson baptized me, I'm, I'm good. I think that checks out. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of how I enter deconstruction because I know mm-hmm. that I'm fine. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, the, we, we've experienced a lot of things at Highland, uh, being involved with leading a class and going on some of the mission trips and, now being huddle leaders and being involved with the youth group, we're, we've really we've really been part of that off and on a lot during the last twenty something years uh, with the youth group, and they bring they bring a lot of life to Jennifer and I. Um, so the people listening may not know us, but their kids probably know right. us. Right. So um, I right now I'm working at uh, Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center in the School of Population and Public Health. I am uh, working with many different things that my main title is director of special projects. Mm. So that, that means they can just say, Hey, do this. And I have to do it. <laughs> um, but really the last, I think what kicked me into looking around at what, what I may have been wrestling with mm-hmm. is started at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. So, so you have this, you have this global pandemic, you have, um, this giant election that happens that has happened and you've got polarizing people on both ends of the political spectrum. You have the racial uh, tensions that happened during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You have people that are looking at both sides of the pandemic proper as a a political thing, whether it's masks or vaccines or whatever. And that's, honestly, what started me down this path of, and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily questioning God. It was seeing people that I knew and loved on both sides, not just one side or the other, but people on both sides taking this dramatic stand and like made me question. Like, do I have this right? Yeah. Because if people are saying, I love Jesus and Jesus is everything, but they're treating people like this on both sides. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Right. That doesn't make sense to me that that we've we've been brought up in this feeling of this is who Jesus was and this is how he affects our lives. And yet we can go out and say these things to people and call them these things and act like this towards a certain population and it just it just didn't make any sense to me. And yeah. so I started questioning Basically, everything.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, this comes on the heels of, if I rewind and back up a little bit, I was in a conversation uh, across the hall actually uh, with uh, a couple of folks from the, from the Graduate School of Theology. And I'm going through, uh, we're going through this interview process with a, with a candidate for a position. And uh, when I worked at ACU, and they talked about how they led trips to the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and we're going to show them this. We're going to show them this. We're going to show them this. And the guy said, the problem is they want to see, I want to see everything. They want to see, they want to see like where Jericho was and the walls. And he was like, I I can't show them that because that that didn't didn't happen. And I went, uh, "Uh, what? (laughs) And then one of the guy from the graduate school of theology says, yeah, but yeah, but do you, I, I believe David was a real guy. I mean, I, believe, I still believe that. Do you, do you still believe that? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I still believe Dave was a real guy. And I, I was just, like, backing off of this going, yeah. wait wait a second. These are people that are <laughs> training our ministers, and they're saying that Jericho never like, – Right. So that was on the heels of all of that. Like, that didn't really start me down the road of deconstruction, yeah. but he just planted the seed in the back. Poor gasoline. That maybe <laughs> – maybe i don't have this right. Mm-hmm. and so coming off of that and like having these questions and kind of putting into the back of my brain that i didn't cuz i didn't want i didn't want to deconstruct i didn't want to destroy my right. foundation and if i find out that jericho wasn't real and like you've always had questions like about the ark and the animals and <laughs> cain and like all these right. things like like yeah. wait a second none of this makes any sense. yeah but you but you have faith and so that takes you down that road. But so coming off of that, not wanting to go through any sort of deconstruction, seeing that as kind of a, a dirty path. It really kicked it into gear when the pandemic started. Yeah. So that's, so that's, the my, pandemic, that's, my, that's my story. Yeah.
1: The pandemic and the political, uh, mess mm-hmm. is just maybe the best way to put it. Really kind of, uh, till the ground people. Yeah. People, yeah.
2: people and, and people that may be listening to this. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, We've all said we've all said things. We've all battled against systematic racism and the idea that oh wait a 2nd as a white guy, am I really part of a, a racist system? Right. Like those things. Like we fight against that. And I've from seen racism. yes, and yes, benefited from that. And going through that and seeing how people like people that I know and are related to and love and. Like, I see them push so hard against that yeah. that it, it just made me kind of question everything. And just kind of, and it just kind of take, took me down this road unwillingly yeah. into, do I have this right? And what's funny, you're going to ask me a question, and the answer is going to be people. Yeah. So people kind of kick me into it, yeah. and people are kind of bringing me out of it.
1: Oh, Interesting. Interesting. All right, we're gonna chase that. But yeah, you, we'll chase that now. You brought up some things that are so fascinating, and uh, so one of them is I, as I'm talking to people and learning their story, it seems like there's like a Venn diagram in which one circle is what starts people, the people that we've spoken to, mm-hmm. on this path, is maybe not best described as deconstruction, right? But a longing for the reformation of the church. Yes that the church has greatly disappointed me. Yes, totally. Yeah, and, and, and again, like you've been saying, what we learned in Sunday school is the church is not the steeple, the church is the people. Right. And so the people of the church have disappointed me. Yes. The people of the church have... Um, I'm sorry, dear listeners, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hypothetically, uh, the people have served the empire before King Jesus. Correct. And... Uh, and, and, so, and, and so, okay, hold on. I'm going to continue on this. But you story is so fascinating to me. But then um, then there's this other circle in the Venn diagram that is deconstruction. That is because I, I now no longer believe what I used to believe. And there is overlap there between the desire for the reformation of the church and I'm deconstructing what the church taught me. Correct. But I'm learning that there's also separation. That sometimes mm-hmm. those things are two different things. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, what do you think about like? It, would you say you're mostly like in the Reformation circle, or you're mostly in the deconstruction circle, or I think I'm
2: in both. You're in both, and I think that that's an interesting way to put it. I love the my circle. My circles overlap. It may be a perfect circle. Okay. And so, <laughs> but when, but when the Reformation of the church if that came to fruition if uh-huh. i saw if i saw people acting maybe the way that in, in different ways to, to to reform that i would still have questions about prayer i would still yeah. have questions about the, the i don't even know the word to use the the authority of the bible yeah. um I've, I've i've heard too many arguments over some of the issues that we've gone through at highland yeah. where people are like we're just slamming bible verses against each other and it's like right. wait a second what about the other verses in ezekiel that are like super weird and like mm-hmm. like you know we don't want to talk about those but it like those two things but basically deconstructing the bible and deconstructing prayer mm-hmm. are the two things that even if the reformation happened i would still wrestle still, with yeah. and yeah. it's okay yeah it's it's okay uh, Lynn anderson baptized me um i I really think that it's okay to have these questions yeah. it's okay to it doesn't mean you're a bad person and then the, the analogy I've been using with my small group or a small group is that we're all in this long journey mm-hmm. we're all on long journey we're all in different paths somebody may be way up here on the like towards the front of the pack someone may be way back here walking or crawling yeah. Trying to figure out am I running this race correctly? Mm-hmm. Am I am I on the am I on the right route? Yeah. But we're all still on the same path. And it's yeah. okay. Yeah. As long as we're searching. Yeah. I think when you give up the search and when you give up the questions, that's that's when I would worry. Hmm. But I still have questions. I still am searching. I'm still and and it has and it has sent me down some some pretty pretty weird things to think about and like even a little bit of depression and anxiety mm-hmm. with it. And yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. it's okay to talk about that stuff because you're all on the journey together. Yeah. And so someone may be way up here going, I've got it all put together. Yeah. They may not have it all put together, right. but that's where they are. But I'm way back here and it's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, the the biblical metaphor that, for me, keeps coming back when I hear people's stories is Jacob wrestling with the angel. Yes, yes. See, what you're saying is the important thing is not letting go.
2: That's absolutely right.
1: Yeah, and and you might walk with a limp the rest of your life. Yeah, um, but you'd so much rather have that limp and and, and but but also have the blessing. Yeah, totally. That came with it. Yeah. So you joked about Lynn Anderson baptizing you twice. I know, more, but. There I just is, thought that was really there, funny. Well, there is an interesting theme in your story. I want you to talk more about, which is that you resisted it. It's even brought some, you know, um, on surface level, some negative, mm-hmm. some negative things Absolutely. with it. But you've also said several times, it's okay. It's okay to enter this scary, strange, mm-hmm. uncertain world. What made? What part of your story made it okay?
2: What makes you feel assured? Yeah, the fact that so many, so many people that I know and love. Like again, the answer is people. Yeah. So many people that I know and love are either have completed this journey, mm-hmm. are comfortable in this journey, mm-hmm. really thinking back to that story I told you about the people from the graduate school of theology, mm-hmm. knowing that people are having these or have these deep thoughts about authenticity of some of the stories. I, I have sat with people who I think have been spiritual giants in my mm-hmm. life who have been like, Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that's a um I don't I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But I still believe. Or or in what ways
0: is that true. Right. And <laughs> I and I think
2: I think it's that second yeah. it's that second phrase that it, but I still believe. Right, right, right. Like, I still have faith. I still believe. It just may not be the story that I was told. Right, yeah. It just may not be the, the oral history that we were passed down mm-hmm. from people who grew up in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. that or 40s and 50s, yeah. who, I mean, that traditional Two Songs in a Prayer Church of Christ group who taught us agape love and aboard Jesus and white jesus and all these things that we that we think in our heads still but they still believe.
1: Yeah.
2: And the people who have kind of deconstructed all of that and said, no, maybe that's not accurate. Yeah. They still believe. And I think that is what gives me hope hmm. because people can go through this and come out on the other side. So yeah, when you say when you if you asked me am I still on that journey? I may be on that journey the rest of my life. Yeah. But I know people that have come out of that, and they still believe. Yeah. So. And that gives me hope. Being able to see
1: people, and this is so keeps also seeing the theme of how critical this is to just faith development, like even in young people, but also not young people. Yeah. It is so important for young people to see older faithful people farther along in the journey.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's, I mean, you know, as you as a relatively uh, non young person, it's been so important for you to see what's made it safe. Mm-hmm. What has made it safe is that you have seen people you know and love and trust further along in the journey. And you can go, yes. okay, well, I can see myself being like them. Yes. And so this is safe.
2: Yes. And, and I, what I don't want is for all of the junior parents to go, oh my gosh, this guy's mm. leading our huddle. <clears throat> Especially the guy sitting across the room from me, this guy's leading our huddle and yeah. he's deconstructing and he's teaching our kids about Jesus. And it's, I think, what's important in that is our kids get to see somebody who has wrestled and they're still okay Mm -hmm. Totally. and has their faith has become their own and they're still okay. Right. And I think, I, I personally think that it's, I'm a little biased, but I think, I think it's valuable for our huddle kids to see that on a weekly basis. Like, like, like we had, we were talking about prayer one night and I was like, you know, honestly, I, I'm struggling with that, and we talked about it, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, and they need that. They don't need the, they don't need it force fed. This is this is our faith, this is how you should right. How yeah. you should act. like, they get that enough from other people. Yeah,
0: we talk we about all it all the time. Real. What they want most of all is authenticity. Yes, yep. absolutely. And if they can sense that you're faking something, yeah, then they will very quickly write off the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think. Yeah. I hope we. I hope we've done that. Yeah,
1: I think that's so true. And again, I think that is so just like developmentally necessary. But there's another that really. much <laughs> to Cut that out. Um, there's another really big element to this that, for me, was a big aha moment in my deconstruction, which is like a little bit of a word game here. But what's the opposite of doubt? The opposite of doubt is not faith. Right. The opposite of doubt is certainty. Oh, yeah. what's the opposite of faith? The opposite of faith is certainty. So, faith, so we'll see you next week yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. That was great. Faith and wow. doubt are far more synonymous than faith and certainty. In fact, I would say faith, if you're certain of something, you do not require faith. Yeah. I love that. And I so, love that. So, inviting young people along your faith journey is like inviting young people along your doubt journey
2: you're going to have to remind me of that because I'm going to write that down because <laughs> we're going to talk about that in huddle this week yeah I mean
1: <laughs> that's it's, great it's just so like you know I was taught some things that like this is what we're certain about and then I just like, kind of offended when I grew up and realized actually we're not so certain about that and again it's actually safe and okay mm-hmm. to doubt and question things because that's not the opposite of faith yeah. Uh, the the faithful living into our questions is what we see the psalmists doing, asking God questions over and over and over again. God, I kind of doubt that you're with us as much as you say you are. Right, but I believe. Yeah, but the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Totally. But 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 yeah. All
0: right. One of the things that I find fascinating, and that uh, is when you're talking about some of like the different ways of looking at Bible stories that we've grown up with, mm-hmm. and how. Uh, that threw you for a loop a little bit. And I was thinking about this when we were talking to Jordan and when I was a uh, psychology major. And so if this, uh, if, if I get the names and I'll, in the, in the tradition of this podcast, I'm going to talk about something that I know a little bit about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you invited me, so yeah. that's um, right, right on your alley. And so if I get it too wrong, I'll just uh, cut it out. But in, uh, in, in psychology, there was this theory by, I think Carl Jung, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, was talked about a, a lens that like everything that you observe comes through this lens yeah. and you react to yes. not what happens but how that is filtered through your lens. So if something happens and it skews your lens or you've got some genetic thing that skews your lens that your reactions aren't abnormal. Your reactions are normal for the way that it, it has been mm-hmm. filtered so you have to fix the lens. You have to oh, figure yeah. out what has set your lens askew and fix the lens. And so I think about that now when we talk about the Bible and how we are laying this Western yep. yes. lens yes. on top of the Bible, and how everything almost has to mathematically make sense. And we talked about penal substitutionary atonement, and I feel like I don't—I'm not a, a a GST student, but I feel like that's a very Western way of looking yeah. at yeah. what happened. Like, okay, we need to turn Jesus—we need to turn our sin and Jesus dying. And we need to figure out the formula that this fits in. And that in the time when the Bible was written and the time when these stories were told, it just wasn't Western philosophy. It just wasn't as important. (laughs) They 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 thought and spoke in such a different way and that it's really hard for us as Westerners to read the Bible and and not and and not take it like this is exactly what happened because this is what it said, yeah. Yeah. and it may not have been written with that intention.
2: Well, in Peter Peter N's book, the Bible tells me so, which was given to me. Uh, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah, it it basically says that same thing, but it says look at the Old Testament and look at who wrote the Old Testament is by a tribe that is trying to. Established dominance in an area where there was no dominance, and blah 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 blah. And like it puts this new filter on. And if you start reading these stories, you're like, Oh, yeah, that of course they had a bloodbath of this many people and they were slaughtering all these people, like because they wanted to establish that
0: dominance.
2: And so, that's it's that's another Peter ends Bible tells me so. Is a
0: yeah, I also think. The thing Rick actually said, he likes to rhyme things and have alliterations. And yeah, so know. it really stuck with me from when I was a kid. He said, some of the Bible is descriptive and some of it is prescriptive. Yep. And you have to know what the difference yeah. is. Well,
1: I mean, that goes I mean <laughs> the anywhere. Like, so Enns' book and Rob Bell's book and Rachel Levin's mm-hmm. book all came out around the same time. And all three of them are kind of saying, pay attention to the genres of the Bible. Uh, Genesis 1 and 2 is written differently than the crucifixion of Jesus. Right. They are different genres. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are being literal. Yes, They actually meant that Jesus died. Well, Mark's gospel doesn't have a resurrection necessarily, but right. they actually believed, not figuratively, they actually believed this guy died and came back to life. Right. Um, whereas you can't read Genesis 1 and 2 without saying, oh, this is poetry. This is probably worship. This is probably liturgy inviting people to come into the temple because the temple and creation one through two are written very similarly. And this is people, this is a call to worship uh, and, and a rec- a remembering of not only that we believe God of the universe created, but what's important is the way he created and that God said it's all good. Yeah. Like that's, comparative religions wise, that's what separates our creation story from uh, the ancient Near Easterns is that this is a benevolent God, right? Yeah, uh, and, and that is far more important to me now than what about the dinosaurs?
2: Yeah, it's not the how.
1: Right. The people of Israel are proclaiming God created in love. Right. Let's pay attention to that. Um, they're not trying to solve for dinosaurs. Solve for dinosaurs. Yeah, they're, solve for dinosaurs. They're not. That's not the equation they're working with. So.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay uh cory what is something right now if you can be so vulnerable what's something right now you're not sure about what's something you're deconstructing
2: okay i'm putting it out there okay listeners i need you to know Corey just took a big sigh, a big sigh <laughs> good because i'm gonna i'm just gonna get shot um prayer is yeah. my biggest thing that i'm Really having a hard time with. Right so, now. what do you no longer believe about prayer? Um, what I no longer believe about prayer that it is when we request things. When I request that that I have power, mm. that I have that I have the power. Okay. Like I have a friend who is going through. Uh, just he's been in the hospital for golly, a hundred and. Something days oh, now, an so nice. and like we talked, they asked for prayer warriors, and they asked for prayers, they asked for prayers. Everybody says praying, 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 praying on social media, and like I just, I just don't think I, I had a, I had another friend. Who was like, you know, I I need to fast about this because I'm just not doing enough, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go. No you're taking the power you're taking the power there if you are if you think that your specific individual prayer is
0: is making a difference yeah i have a hard time with that too That's especially crazy. somebody who who's loves someone who is suffering yes to think it puts a lot of pressure on yourself to be like if i can do this right Right. I can fix it right which is also like you said putting the power and the responsibility on yourself right um, and like and treating God like he's uh, like a code you can crack right and if I if I say the words right and I do it with the right mindset and enough faith yes yes I can get I can get it right and we can fix it yes and then there's part of me that's like what kind of God is waiting for me to crack the code right. to do this thing? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the right posture or the right. I- I've come around to thinking of prayer a lot differently, mm-hmm. because yeah, we've 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 grown up with the dear God, thank you for this day, and here are the things that are bothering oh, wow. me right yeah. now, and. I've found a lot more peace, I think, in going, I'm going to turn the radio off and I'm just going to drive and be like, I don't know. I don't yes. know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, finding some times in quiet and, but I have a hard time right now being like, I'm going to talk to God about this. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do that.
2: No, I don't, and I don't either. That's what I told, that's what I told my little kids is like, the problem I have the problem I'm having with prayer is again not necessarily with prayer it's with people yeah it's moving the goalposts mm-hmm. we're gonna pray for miraculous healing we're gonna pray for this to stop we're gonna do it oh, okay so that didn't happen we're gonna pray for this now we're gonna pray for um, us to we're, we're or pray for patience we're gonna to pray for deliverance from this okay that we're still we're still battling. Okay, so we're gonna move this now and now, and then, however many days or months or years later, whatever gets better or happens or we win the lottery or we're healed or we get a new car and my prayers have been answered. Yeah, my prayer, my, prayer, my prayers were answered. Well, yeah, actually, no, they weren't.
0: Yeah, something just happened. Some, it's, <laughs> yeah,
2: it your prayer your prayers weren't like you prayed for miraculous healing and whether it was answered or not like well we it's it just wasn't God's timing like yeah. we te- we te- we tend to make excuses for God yeah and and that's okay i mean if that's where you live but that's for me that's not it doesn't work like that yeah. for me it's like you know I'm just if I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray that God does what he's gonna do and that I'm okay with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And that's what I like I had one I had a moment where like my wife and I, my wife and I really had a talk about this. And she's like, okay, so if our kids in the hospital, are you not gonna pray? I'm like, I honestly, I don't know. Yeah. And that I mean that wouldn't that wasn't a fun conversation. Mm. But since then I have felt prodded. To pull over the side of the road and pray mm. and my prayer was i don't i don't know what i'm saying right now yeah but all i know is i need help
1: mm-hmm. i don't know
2: what i need help for but i, I can just feel it i need yeah. i need help and if you figure out a way you can help me yeah fantastic if not please let me know reminds
1: me of the beginning of exodus when i think the line is uh after 400 years the people's cries reached god's ears yeah 400 years yeah that's longer than the United States has been a country for the people of Israel. God's covenant people were crying out to God. And so, yeah, it's almost like what I'm hearing you say is like, sometimes we like forget God's sovereignty. Yes. When we talk about like manipulating God through Mm -hmm. prayer, Mm -hmm. uh, bending God to our will. Sometimes I hear another theme you guys are talking about is like, uh, this Western idea that if I suffer God for God, if I suffer more for God, God will see me and love me. Yep. Um, and give me what I want. And give me what I want. Bend God's will to my own. Yes. Um, but the thing that I think most interested in is the way that clearing out your stale belief of prayer has actually brought you towards a nearer heart cry to God. Yes. And that's that's really moving.
2: It feel it feels. It's, it's interesting because in the midst of deconstruction, the closest I've felt to God is not because I've been praying. Mm. What have you been doing? Meditating. I think that's prayer. <laughs> uh, well, I, but, but it's but if it is, yeah. it's not the prayer we grew up on because yes. I'm not asking for anything. I'm trying to clear my mind. Yeah. I'm trying to exist. Yeah, I'm trying to breathe. You're trying to be with God. Yes, I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to be, and that I think that is. I mean, there's again the with a huddle parent in here. Um, you may want to fire me after this, but like, <laughs> like I have done some reading on Buddhism, mm-hmm. and I've done readings on other Eastern religions on those kind of like, and there's a lot of there's so many similarities like with the like the Eightfold Noble Path of mm-hmm. Buddhism, and The Beatitudes, they kind of line up. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to kind of do some research on that stuff. But the thing that that binds them together is the fact that the Creator put us all here together. Mm -hmm. And we are all one together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people have ticked me off so much. Mm -hmm. Because if we're all in this together, why are we treating each other like this? Mm And so, if we can just exist and harmonize together, I sound like a '60s child. But if we can just exist and harmonize <laughs> together, then I think it. I think just a, just being yeah. that invites God in, rather than trying to push my requests up.
1: Yeah,
2: I think God hears me more when I'm quiet than yeah. when I'm talking. Well, <laughs> so I'll
1: I'll. I'll put a, th- a grad school theology spin on what you're saying okay. because uh, it sounds like what you grew up with what is what the tradition would call cataphatic prayer, which means adding to mm-hmm. or, or dwelling on a certain image or, or metaphor or whatever. And that's really valid. There's, there's validity in all that. But the desert fathers and mothers always seem to come to and advocate for something more called apophatic prayer, okay. which is the prayer of emptying. Yes, and the the brute idea of it is any image we could ever have or metaphor we could ever have of God is ultimately faulty, because God is supreme being and better than all of those things. That's why Revelation is using simile and metaphor to describe the vision of the kingdom of heaven. But ultimately, those things are just like that; they can't ultimately describe it. Mm-hmm. And so, apophatic prayer tries to peel away every. Onion of every layer of our, onion of our mind and heart, so that we are self-emptying, and so that ourselves even become aware of a God that defies all metaphor. And I, I like that centering prayer, or yeah. kind of you know, this meditation you're talking about is it, it, it is not like Eastern meditation, and that Eastern meditation is just trying to empty for the sake of of nothingness whereas apophatic prayer is self-emptying that God might come fill
2: Hmm. yes
1: and um, I I happen to think that because God uh, has compassion on people who uh, have grown up in Eastern religious circumstances that when they empty themselves God will fill them too Um, but I I wonder if what you're experiencing when you say the closest to God I've been is when I'm meditating is yeah you peeled away all these onions yeah. all these layers of the onions that are cory yes and god is being with you and before we ever do for God it's important that we be with god yeah. <laughs> and so i'm really happy for you that that you've yeah. entered this deconstruction and that you've found um deeper waters
2: yeah
0: i'm talking too much no you know, i don't I did that know part out on that I think that's great. No, I think that was great. Actually. Um, it does feel to me that like what you're talking about is, is f- and what's, what we find really necessary about deconstruction and reconstruction is finding a faith that feels authentic to you. And, uh, and one of the things that I think we see in, in some of the stuff that's, that prompted your deconstruction is this sense that like we have to double down. Anytime something doesn't line up, you have to double down. Mm. And that's how you show faith. And yeah. to me, that's how you show kind of the like, the The right answers are more important to you than the truth. Mm-hmm. What you feel like are the right answers. Mm. And what I'm interested in, I think what you're interested in, what you're interested in, is what is the truth. Mm. And the truth is, Tricky when you're, when we've got all these layers, and we're trying to figure out what some what a story meant two thousand years ago to somebody in a different culture and in a different time. And
1: sometimes we we give ourselves credit by saying I'm doubling down on my faith. I'm not actually interested in questioning that because that's faithfulness. Yeah. Well, maybe what you're realizing is that's actually faithlessness. Right. And God might be tearing down the mental models that you have yes. to build back more faithful ones. Right. Because maybe what you're actually building down is your cultural indoctrination yeah. rather than what the God of the universe might have for you.
0: Right. Yes. I'm much more interested in talking to somebody who's, who says, this is what has felt true for me, than someone who says, don't you dare question. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a...
2: So I heard in a sermon a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't normally go listen to other sermons, mm-hmm. but I like I listened to this one twice already. Oh wow! Like it's like it just struck me. Yeah. And this quote, first of all, it was out of John twenty one, where it talks where, or um, after the resurrection, yeah. they don't recognize Jesus, and like like it's the other it's the other. That makes the difference because they didn't know it was Jesus, but it yeah, then they recognized, it, like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But this quote just it just got me. It says, the way that God heals us is hyper particular and specific to the ways that we are wounded in this world mm. and to the patterns of our own egos and flaws. And the way the way you guys are describing this is this faith, God deconstruction it is not one-size-fits-all it's not we're not all going to experience this the same way God is going to use this in hyper particular hyper specific ways to us Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of us because that's that speaks to his knowing of us inside and out Mm. if it were a one-size-fits-all model where Mm -hmm. hey if I check this box and do this and I pray enough and I fast and I meditate I do whatever Meditation may not be for everybody. Right. That's totally cool. Right.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh,
2: one of the things that we
1: believe is uh, you're never, ever just deconstructing. Deconstructing every time you tear down a mental model, something almost like a vacuum comes back in its place. And so yeah. um, I we feel like, you know, we want to hear what people are building back. Yeah. So uh, the way we want to come at that is the question is what is an experience of God you've had? When's the time that mm-hmm. felt like the kingdom of God came near, and what is it about that experience that is, sure. is the reason why you want to? I want to build my, back, my faith back
2: on this. Sure. And in the interest of being hyper honest with yeah. you guys, I haven't had. Okay. I haven't had that moment. Okay. But the two things that when you when you asked me this question before we got here and I started thinking about it, I think it would I think it would be inauthentic for me to say. Well, this this day was when right. God showed me that it would be completely off. Sure, but what has happened is I already talked about having to pull over for for prayer. Yeah, that just kind of this emptying, like I want to, I just want to, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, what's going on? That was a big moment for me. So. Yeah, and I told you my answer is going to be people. Yeah, and yeah. as I've gone through this, seeing how. My closest friends, along with my, I mean, of course my family, but my closest friends have stuck with me, Mm. shows me how God sticks with me. That even when you question, even when you are deconstructing, even when you're fighting against everything that you've been taught over 50-something years of being alive... 51 years, just because I'm not I'm not quite, like, middle-aged. Because um, you're going to live to be 110. i to be 150. <laughs> um, the things that I've been taught, you battle against all those, but the people that stick with you have shown me God more than just about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the willingness to sit with me in the, in the midst of the depths of, like, I don't know the prayers, the answer. I don't the willingness to sit with me as I battle depression. The willingness to sit with me as I battle anxiety. Yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah. People can be faithful yeah. to you. Yeah. And if people can be faithful to you, then God certainly is.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's where, I think that's my moment of I'm able to start building on that. And that foundation is kind of reformed and re-poured. Yeah. And you can start nailing things to that again Mm -hmm. and start start growing again and it gives you it gives you that it gives you that comfort that i can ask hard questions and it's okay
1: yeah yeah you somebody showed you that you don't have to be okay to be loved
2: correct correct and that's that's you don't have to be okay you can be like that journey metaphor that we used earlier or journey analogy the the per the person who has it all together, and who has this faith doubt yeah. balance that is so good, can walk with somebody who, if you use a marathon analogy, somebody who can run a marathon in two hours can walk with somebody yeah. who who says, you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm not going to run at this pace right now. Yeah. Right now, I'm going to walk with you at your yeah. eleven minute mile pace or. 15 minute mile pace, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to walk with you on that, even though I can run faster.
0: Mm. I think that's that's shown me enough to keep me going.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. One thing we talked about on this before is is kind of when you have a a realization that God works through the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. God works through people who want to love Him in ways that, they may know or they may not know. I mean, my story was sweet ladies putting, throwing 20 bucks together and, and the timing of it just said, okay, yeah, I think God is for yeah. me. And um, and yeah, just that ability of someone to to follow a little prompt and say, I'm going to love this person who I, th- I think needs it. And, uh, and we, we, we don't think about how impactful those moments are. No. And especially when you're going through hard seasons, those can be signposts where you point back to them and go, I think someone's looking out for me. Yeah, I think somebody's on my side. Oh, definitely. I mean,
2: certainly my family. But to have people dropped into your life at just the right mm-hmm. time, when you know, yeah, you know, I couldn't have made it without right. conversations that we've all had together. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. So, would you say deconstruction has increased your capacity to love? Absolutely. How so? I think it. I think it shows me that you're able to love people where they are, mm-hmm. and you're able to understand where people are better because if you if you don't deconstruct, if you haven't deconstructed, I'm not saying that you're not able to love. Right. But what I'm saying is that it's a lot harder when your faith is so rigid and so walled in. You have there's walls that need it that needed breaking. You haven't done that yet. You have that feeling of, well you're not right. Yeah, I I have it all right. I understand, and like the this whole women's issue the, that we've gone through, mm-hmm. I've had so many people say, "Well, that's just that's just not right." Well, how can you know that? Yeah, it may not be right, and that's okay. Right, that's okay. It's it's okay to be wrong. We've been wrong a lot. We've been wrong. Throughout I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm wrong all the time, and to be so rigid in your ideology or your faith or what you believe closes you off to seeing what other people are made up of. Mm. And I think that's what deconstruction has done. It's like opened me up to maybe I am racist. Mm. Maybe I do participate in systematic racism. Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I have gotten the Bible story wrong. Mm. Maybe socioeconomically, I, I am privileged. Mm. And like all these things, Like you're open to these ideas now and they're not just, they just don't destroy you. I can, I can enter hard absolutely
1: with love and maybe even choose a better path.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea, the, the day that I read the, how to be anti-racist and hear like those hard things and you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally do that. Mm. And having to wake up and choose that every day, and I failed so many days. Mm-hmm. But to wake up and, and, and be able to choose that, that, that wouldn't happen without deconstruction. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't
0: think it would. Corey, thank you for being vulnerable with us today. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for showing us and, sh- and showing our audience and showing uh, my kid and lots of other people's kids that uh, that being having an authentic faith is more important than having a faith that has all the right answers. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah.
1: Thank so you. thanks. I oh yeah. Want to thanks for the image of the, the journey. It's been a long,
2: strange trip. It has been a long, strange trip. Oh well, yeah, catch Corey on his podcast. Listeners, uh, <laughs> Corey also has a, another podcast do you, you want to plug your podcast? Oh, sure. Why not? So, uh, I have a show on KCU at 9 o'clock on Saturday nights called Get on the Bus with Corey Patterson. It is uh, just a show about the Grateful Dead. I'm, I'm wearing a Grateful Dead belt today. No, You're uh, on brand. you talked about I am,
1: meditation. I'm You've on about... brand.
2: So, <laughs> tune in. You can go to Apple Podcasts. And after you listen to this podcast, go listen to the show about the Grateful Dead. Seriously, Corey, uh,
1: thank you. Thank um,
2: you. You're a good guy. And Thank you. I'm really glad that you're a Highland. Me
1: too. Your, the and, uh, your vulnerability blessed me today, and I appreciate awesome. it.
2: Awesome. Thanks for
1: having me. I really, really enjoyed this. Awesome.